This is Rugger Matrix International, episode 205, Cup Time, with your host, Juro Sen, Mark Cashman, and introducing Ben Kimber. Yes, we're back. Hello, Juro Sen, your host, and it is a pleasure to be back. Episode 205, and it's been a long time, Mark Cashman. Certainly has, Bronk. What was it, March last year when we clocked up 204, but here we are. This Rugby year. World Cup. This year. What an occasion. This yes. year. <laughs> and uh, it's our pleasure to welcome, as we quickly mentioned in the intro, uh, now if you've got a chance to Google him, you'll find that he's one of the legends of the game, he goes way back, I don't know, maybe last century, Ben Kimber, formerly the Sydney Morning Herald, really uh, set up rugby heaven and uh, and uh, I don't know where it's gone, but Ben Kimber, <laughs> welcome to Rugger Matrix, good to see you mate. Thank you Jero, great to be here. And uh, Ben's uh, knowledge of the game is quite uh, uh, long and, and very involved. It goes back to the World Cup in 99, some great stories from back then. Ben, of course, and, uh, and club rugby. Uh, no one knows the, the club game better than Ben Kimber. So uh, great to have Ben, who's in the corporate world at uh, Westpac these days. I am, mate. But uh, it's all World Cup. So a lot away from club it. rugby these days. But, uh-huh. yeah. Well, it's great to be back uh, by popular demand. Absolutely sorry I haven't been here for some time. But uh, things have changed. I'm now the technology editor at Seven News, and it means it's been pretty busy, but it's just sort of uh, eased off a bit. And with the World Cup on, we have to get in and discuss it. So, gentlemen, hard and fast rule now. The shows will be 30 minutes, and we've just wasted a couple of minutes talking about all this rubbish. So let's get into it. World Cup started with England uh, winning their first game, but uh, Mark Cashman, they did it pretty tough against the Fijians. They certainly did. It wasn't a polished performance by any means, but... uh I think there's there's enough to sort of work on there for England. Obviously, the occasion was very big. I, th- I thought the opening ceremony, which I watched again today, was uh, was sort of quite impressive. England's opening, though, I, I don't think was as, as impressive as the opening ceremony. And Fiji did test them at times, but uh, it's a starting point, really, isn't it? You know, it's uh, there's there's always nerves in and around that first game, particularly for a host nation. They've uh, they've got a hell of a lot of support there, and I think that's gonna that's gonna bring them home. Uh, to the, uh, to the latter stages of the tournament. Yeah, Ben, what did you think about uh, England's first up effort? Mate, I, I thought unconvincing. Uh, really, it was really one of those games you watch them and they just didn't look like contenders. Uh, you've got to give them that little bit of leeway because it is nerves. That's what they'll be hoping it was. I thought the most disappointing thing about the game, really, though, was it, how much fun it is to watch Fiji play, but to see these teams that really come into the tournament and they haven't quite made that step yet again. They can't quite string that 80-minute game together to make sure they stay there. There for a long way, 60 minutes odd, and then it let it slip away. That was really disappointing to see. Well, the team that's done the opposite to that. They've actually, you know, and we talked about it um, many times in the past, cash cow, teams that will take it to the, the number one sides in the world, tier two against tier one, 60 minutes in, but the last 20, they fall away. Well, Japan didn't do that this time. Our good mate, Eddie Jones, who only a short while ago had a stroke, has now led Japan to the greatest victory in World Cup uh, uh, history and defeating South Africa. Fellas, uh, I thought it was just one of the great sporting moments, and I don't know about you guys, but I watched that about four times on Sunday. I, th- I think I watched it about four times with all the rewinds and, and yeah. letting it go forward again. Mate, what an amazing, amazing event, because you couldn't script it any different, any better either. When you're talking about, the, you know, when you say minnows, we're talking size here as well as they're standing in the game. They're a small team, and if you're gonna pick a big, powerful team who you think you could bully them, it's gotta be South Africa. And to see the way that they play with energy from side to side of the field for that full 80 minutes, well, 84 and a half minutes, just amazing. 
Yeah, Dirk, you mentioned South Africa being uh, being not the, not the team that they uh, they were. I was very disappointed in them. I, I think they've got a lot of their selections wrong. I don't think Victor Matfield should be there. I don't think Jean de Villiers should be there. And that's the, that's the core of their experience. There's some good players in there. Maybe Scout Berger should not be there. But uh, listen, you've got to take your hat off to, to Japan. You know, like they uh, they finished strongly. There was a lot of Eddie Jones about that that team performance uh, from Japan. Bronk, wasn't there? You know, there, yeah. were, there were a lot of set moves and uh, everything was precision. I, I've heard that they've, uh, they've actually had something like a 100-plus day training camp they've been in just in the lead into this, which I'm sure Eddie would absolutely relish all, all, yeah. all that sort of stuff, having control over them mm. and everything being scripted virtually from minute one to minute 80, and it was great to see. Uh, you know, and I love that they just kept going for it. You know, they could have settled for the draw, and it would have been no disrespect, would it, been if they'd taken the points and drawn the game against a powerhouse like South Africa. Absolutely, and I, I think I read Eddie Jones that he was screaming down the, the microphone, take the three, take the three, <laughs> but he had apparently had that coffee the day before with the captain Lech and said, if you feel you want to go for it, go for it. Yeah. And and what a fairy tale! A draw wouldn't have been a fairy tale. It would have been a really good result, but they went for it and they got it. The the the, Bronx, the the core of their experience comes from those guys who have come across, played in Super Rugby, isn't it? You know, mm. they've got Tanaka, the halfback, uh, uh, Heinrich Tui, who's with the Queensland Reg, and, and Michael Leach, who's uh, who's, yeah. who's the captain. Essentially based in Japan most of the time, but they come and play Super Rugby, and I, I think they have they they drew a lot out of that Super Rugby experience, particularly uh, particularly the captain. Uh, very ballsy decision, as you guys say. Well, they've always been exciting at the World Cup, and they do play side to side. And I remember when they played in, in Australia in 03, um, you know, they, they really did set the comp alight as well. But the difference here is that Eddie Jones had worked on a game plan, and having worked with Eddie, I, I know how he does this, and he'll target a game. They've all targeted games, right? You know, Fiji probably fancied their chances to sneak up on England in that first game, and they very nearly did. Uh, England finally got away with the last... 10 to 15 minutes. However, Eddie Jones, and he said it in the, the post-match press conference, uh, they all said it, that they've been targeting the game, which means how much smarter is Eddie as a coach than everyone else, in particular the South African setup, which he's been involved with. Yeah, uh, It is an amazing testament to Eddie Jones as a coach. He, he said he put that game, and rightly so, up alongside the 03 semi-final, which the Wallabies clearly... Uh, got through the All Blacks there. But to, to see this team, and, and Kasha, you're dead right, Like there are some selection queries over those guys, but regardless, these guys are champion rugby players. They, they, it shouldn't, have, you know, man to man, it shouldn't have been a contest. And yet right across the park, at every breakdown, at every set piece, they were competing, they were in there hard. A scrum in the you know, 83rd minute and pushing the South Africans backwards. Amazing coaching effort, I think. What did you fellas think about, uh, and I noticed on social media he got hammered, which he doesn't care about. Eddie has doesn't care. In fact, if you bag him, he just thinks that's a bit of a badge of honour. But for him to come out midweek and say, if we dominate their scrum, we will beat them. And, uh, you know, I, I guess in a way they did. Yeah? Well, <laughs> Eddie Ed, Ed, Ed does his research in all these matters. And uh, obviously he knew that this uh, Springbok site weren't tippy-top. They weren't ready to go. I think that was quite obvious. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, they, they could well emerge from that pool as, uh, as, as the top team. And I think they probably will. But well, look in at that Fran game, look at France last World Cup. Yeah, exactly. In, in that game, in that moment in time, 
Rugby World Cup history, they were ripe for the picking, and that's that's what Eddie just pulled them apart. Mm. It was fantastic yeah. to see. You you could see the way they were stretching their defence, and you know they weren't very good laterally in defence. Yeah. Uh, and uh, anyway, it was uh, the fairy tale came through. But I, th- I think also like just to st- for Eddie to call that. I mean, it's it's, it's not going to be rocket science, is it? He's got a small team that needs to play a fast yeah. game, but they, they were so well drilled. When you saw the hands, yeah. like that that second last try. The try that got him, you know, yes. back back in the game, and the inside ball, like that, was just beautifully worked. Yeah. Eddie Jones set move, and they were so well drilled. And I think the, the the adversity that Eddie's had to put up with over this period of time, and Scotty Wisemantle needs a, a slap on the back as well because he helped keep Japan together in in Eddie's absence, and uh, just being the good bloke that he is as well, Scotty. And I think with Eddie, it, to me, he seems a little bit more relaxed, and and I don't know. If because he's gone through this medical horrendous medical uh, issue only a short time ago, but he looks he looks more relaxed, Eddie. And uh, you know, I didn't see too many stink eyes from him <laughs> if you're used to seeing that one. Well, that's a double stink eye. But uh, I, I just thought he was a bit more relaxed. And yeah, he would have been saying take the points, but in the end, well, you can't blame him for wanting to go for glory, huh? Bronk, are we seeing the scenario where Eddie goes off to do the Stormers next year, yeah. and all of a sudden Heineken Meyer? Falls on his sword, and there he is, head coach of South Africa. Who knows? <sighs> what if Australia bombs out, mate, and uh, they say, "Hey, Eddie, all's forgiven." Has <laughs> <laughs> right. been part of four World Cups with four different teams. Oh, that's know. a good one. Can someone surprised. do the stats for us, yeah. please? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you yeah, look—it's it's amazing. You know, the good thing is we've had a good story early in the first weekend. Isn't that yeah. good, Ben? Yeah, mate, that's fantastic. You like to see a World Cup get a bit of momentum. Yeah. Having been through a few, as yourself has as well, uh, they, they can be quite long tournaments. There's gaps between the games there. And to get this really feel-good story, the, the images of those Japanese fans in absolute tears in the crowd and the, and the little guy getting up, that's just set a f- fantastic tone for the Cup. It's interesting, though, we talk about um, the schmozzle that was South African rugby. Go back to France 2011. They were absolute debacle, you know. The coach and the players were at each other's throats. And then they almost beat New Zealand in the final. I mean, that's what a World Cup can do. You just have to limp through those rounds. Try not to show too much of your hand. And obviously Japan had to show all their cards very early. And I think, I think particularly there, South Africa can shake this off. There's, yeah. no, there's absolutely no question around that. And it can actually have zero impact on who goes through where, mm. depending on the way the cards fall. But you've, we've seen those teams in multiple sports, from rugby to you know football World Cups and everything, Spain at the Football World Cup, you see those teams that just go into a little slump, but it's long enough mm. that if you get if you're at the right time, you get hit by that kind of a thing, you can come back. And it's not only Japan, boys, is it? You know, Georgia beating Tonga, which I, I think is a significant, uh, significant victory for them. National sport in uh, in Georgia there and... Uh, land of the front rowers. R- Your land dream of, destination, yeah, Cash Land of the front rowers. They've, they've got beards like me, except they're black. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, it's 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 uh, it's it's a great uh, it's 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 a great result for uh, for that part of Europe, and that's an important part of Europe. You know, it's an amazing result. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the minnows last time, and they were getting closer, and um, and and now they're actually winning, and that's that's great. I mean, that Tonga, you'd love to see them go well, but you know, it's real. I'm really happy to see Georgia come through, and uh, yeah, the IRB can or what's it called now? <laughs> World rugby. World rugby. World rugby. Um, Rolls off you, the tongue. You can just, they can easily be uh, bagged, but I, I think they've done a good thing in per, you know, persevering and helping out the, the Minnow Nations because the bigger it gets, the more like the Football World Cup it becomes and uh, the, the better for you know everyone. And I think 
because Japan captured not only the World Cup, but on our news bulletins here in Australia, you know, they were featured stories on Japan winning. Yeah. You know, Australia hasn't even played a game. How good's that? That's fantastic, and that's and that's what the game has to do. You've got you know you've got the rugby league cup down mm. one end, which is really a couple of teams maybe who have a chance. Yeah. You've got the football world cup up the other end, and the more rugby moves down that scale, the better it's going to be. You want to see a tournament where there's competition start to finish. The interesting thing will be to see you know we could have seen a minnow now take it to that 80 minutes, which is fantastic, as opposed to that 60 odd competing. Mm. It'll be the game two and the game three. A real challenge there for Eddie Jones to get his team up and moving again and to get them in the sort of shape that they can take on the Scotlands of the world uh, and feel that they're in that as well. But, gee, that win's got to give every other minnow hope as well, show it can be done. Also a significant victory for the World Cup in Japan in 2019. You know, like, uh, there was a lot of talk about how, uh, how things weren't going that well. The Super Rugby franchise, uh, from what I'm hearing, won't, uh, won't happen next year. I think we'll still have a Super... Super 15. Oh, yeah, so, no, yeah. It doesn't yeah. look good, does it? No, but... What uh, does that mean for the planning? This, uh, this, Is there a draw out yet? <laughs> well, there's numerous draws and uh, <laughs> uh, they're sort of floating around, none officially released. But, uh, but you know, like in, in terms of the, uh, the game in Japan, it was a significant victory, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, probably the only one bigger than that may well have been beating the All Blacks, but... Can't see that happening anytime soon. No, no. Who knows? And then the All Blacks would be the minnows, wouldn't they? Uh, let's look at the other teams in Australia's pool um, with uh, the other minnows, the old Wallabies to play uh, later in the week, uh, Thursday morning, uh, Sydney time, uh, against uh, Fiji. And, you know, I feel sorry for these teams. The, the second-tier teams always get the rough end of the stick. They have to back up earlier. Um, at least it's not three days for these guys, uh, the Fijians. But... I feel sorry for Big Nemanja and Dolo, you know, to get that um, massive rig of his backed up for another for another week. But look at Ireland, um, big win for them, and Wales a big win for them to to, to be expected. Um, uh, obviously, Ireland not in our group, but uh, Les Kiss is our main man. But uh, Wales uh, Wales to to go through another injury for them on top of Lee Halfpenny, uh, not too good for them. No, oh, I think I think. Uh you know, any injury is no, not a good thing, but I think the Lee Halfpenny one in mm. particular is the big worry. Um, big difference between playing one of those minnows again and going into a game without the guy that is not just a fantastic player, but is an absolute metronome um, mm. with, with, the, with the goal kicking. Uh, in these games, and traditionally, you know, outside of minnow games, World Cups are quite tight defensive affairs and every single point counts. Um, and to me, that's probably one of the problems the Wallabies have got, goal kicking, but I'll, I'll digress there for a second. Yep. Lee Halfpenny is, is that kind of guy for Wales. The, those points that are just in the bag every time. The kind of guy Australia's missed for the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, he has been very much a key part of their game. So it'll be interesting to see how they pull up and go in against uh, England and Australia. Um, you'd have to think that's uh, that and a couple of other injuries are really going to curb them a little bit. Yeah, that's right. They lost the uh, halfback to Reese Webb as well as Halfpenny. They lost the uh, the outside mm. centre who scored three tries. Three tries, and yeah. so uh, they're they're really calling in the uh, in in the reinforcements there. But uh, you are right. I think uh, I think without without Halfpenny there, a team like Australia can play them in a different way. They don't have to be too conservative and uh, try and put, play the field position thing, which is pretty essential when you when you when you're playing a team with Halfpenny in it. So uh, that's that, that's interesting, and I think that's put them. Put them probably third favourite for this uh, for this pool A, the pool of death. Yeah, it's uh, interesting how that pool will uh, finish up. Uh, the All Blacks, uh, rusty start, Ben. Yeah, against Argentina. It's the sort of start that the box wish they'd had, though. Right? If you're going to get a game that someone's going to push you in, yeah. um, exactly what you want. First up game, a little bit rusty, things not quite going their way. Finish it off okay, comfortable win in the end. 
Um, really though, uh, it was great to see Argentina in there competing. As we, as we said, the more teams that are competing, the best, the, the better. But really a strange game for the All Blacks too. A couple of silly, silly yellow cards mm. and just didn't quite click on any level at first. Casho, what did you think? Yeah, pretty much so. The yellow cards in particular was the thing that sort of stuck out to me. Even their coach, Steve Hansen, was saying they were dumb. And, yeah. you know, that was that was his term. And, you know, they, they certainly were. You know, the the, uh, the Richie McCaw thing, uh, I, I think he's going to be a bit of a tag man. I'm not saying right. from, from other sides. I think... Uh, I think a lot of the refereeing fraternity uh, consider yellow carding Richie a bit of a badge of honour these days. So, and I think he's probably going to be uh, be looked at very closely. And I think uh, I think uh, Ben, you mentioned a bit earlier about uh, some uh, some a nice piece of journalism from Paul Cully saying about his uh, his penalty rate is quite high and his yellow card rates quite low. So, very very interesting uh, statistics there. Yeah. What do you think about the refereeing so far? Apart from Craig Joubert, I think it was going all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, he struggled, but uh, it wasn't too bad. I think yeah. there was over over uh, over use of the uh, the video ref a couple of times, but in general, I haven't seen it stand out too much. It's it, it's interesting. Uh, obviously, there's uh, there's a lot of people jockeying for position. They're uh, they're trying to be heroes. They're trying to be uh, heroes to the assessors, and that's uh, that's pick up everything. You know, I I watched the um, uh, the uh, Wales game today, yeah. and. Uh, George Clancy was doing that game, and uh, he was just picking, pinging absolutely everything. And there's a couple of little tweaky things in and around the breakdown where you, you're not allowed to pull someone down with their neck and all that sort of stuff, which hasn't been around in the game that much uh, up until now. And that was that was being policed quite stringently. So uh, also some uh, clean-out work was being picked up uh, quite uh, quite. Uh, a lot, so it's interesting. I, I think it's probably going to take a, an, another game or two for for, the, for that to be worked out, and everyone knows where they're going. They, it really did seem like they had that focus on players not rolling away, clearing away from the breakdown. They seemed quite harsh in that area, like they wanted to set the scene for that pretty early, make sure that, that wasn't yeah. going to be an impediment to the rest of the tournament. But I think to your point, Casho, too, about the focus on Richie McCaw, that 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 yellow card was ridiculous. Like for for a guy with 145 odd Test matches, that was a disgraceful penalty. Tripping, that is just silly. For a guy who's you know known for pushing the boundaries in a legal sense, that seemed really out of character. I thought that was strange, and and whether that's going to bring more attention his way, we'll see. I don't think it's a bad thing too. Clearing blokes, uh, erring on the side of uh, a free-flowing game, getting them out of the ruck uh, who are lying around the place. Uh, the other pet hate, hate I have is lazy runners, and you know we know the All Blacks and the Canterbury Kings. Crusaders are kings, kings of the lazy that. runners. Right? <laughs> Absolutely, unbelievable. They've got a pipe and slippers on. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, a series of cash cows walking around, <laughs> yeah, and wandering back, wandering back, back on site. But um, I think a uh, couple of things too. Uh, obviously, cracking down on any play that's reasonably high, or even grabbing people around the neck. Um, you know, it's, uh, that's okay. But um, you know, we just don't want to soften the game up too much. You know. It is a, a hard game and it should stay that way, shouldn't it? I think that's uh, part of the balance and often why you see World Cups are a little bit different is because they really do feel it's a showpiece mm. and they want to make sure that they're putting on a good display. Like any sort of foul play at all is, is generally very much yeah. frowned upon, more so than even in an international you'd find. You know, punching just won't happen. If it does, it'll be firmly dealt with because they know that it's an advertisement as much as a tournament. No, of course, remember um, Toro Kefu uh, all those years ago um, with 99 producing a fairly good crunch in Ireland. <laughs> Speaking of Ireland, 
And uh, it's a really uh, happy uh, hello again to you guys uh, at the uh, Emerald Isle because uh, I texted uh, Lee's kiss and rang him from London when I was there the other day and just to see how he's going. And he's all fired up, he's enjoying it. He's, he's got a variation of little goatees and uh, little mows going, uh, a lot of grey. But um, what a smart coach. And uh, he would have been reasonably happy with uh, Ireland's performance. Uh, leaking a, a try wouldn't have been, uh, he wasn't too happy about that. But um, uh, I think uh, Les and the, and the team did enough uh, to show that they mean business. And I still think they're one of my favourites for the tournament. What we've got to remember with this, Bronk and boys, is, uh, is we're playing for bonus points in, the, uh, in this part of the tournament. And that's pretty, pretty important, particularly from the Australian point of view. I think, uh, I think they would have been happy with, uh, with getting the four tries, getting the bonus point, getting out there reasonably unscathed. So uh, good luck to Ireland. I, th I think they'll do well. I think, oh, I, think yeah. they're a, I think they're a final four team, to be honest. When you beat Canada 50-7 to seven and don't play that well, or as good as you want, yeah. uh, that's all right, isn't it? It is, and I think I think one of the things that excites me about Ireland is, as you mentioned, Kissy, absolutely one of the greats. Dealt with him a lot when he was at the Waratahs, <laughs> and uh, and but not just one of the greats in terms of a great bloke, but a very smart coach. I mean, every Australian rugby fan will remember the way they deconstructed us uh, back in 20, uh, 2011 mm -hmm. in the in the pool game. Um, just very, something very simple, just keeping us upright, tackling us high. We, our runners were you know too high off the ground, and all of a sudden the game was run right away from us. And you just know that coaches like Kissy, coaches like uh, Beaver Jones are going to have something you know that they've got in mind for teams, and that's going to be exciting to see what they pull out of their bag of tricks. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Les, uh, let's go back before the World Cup, how they set up and had an international against uh, England, and they basically just gave the ball to England and practiced their defence. You know, they, you know, say what you want about uh, those pre-tournament uh, games, but. Uh, they uh, essentially said, well, we're just going to practice for the World Cup so close to it. And con you could say they conceded the game by just practicing, but uh, I thought uh, they were setting up and meant business. I think this is a Ireland think that the rest of the world doesn't give them a chance, but I reckon they believe, and I, and I think they are a genuine shot at the title. They are seriously a genuine shot. It, it's funny how that, that goes. You know, a, lo a lot of people thought at, at the time, this was a couple of years ago, that that generation had passed, the, the golden generation of Irish rugby. And, you know, listen, some good coaching. I think Smith, uh, Liz Kiss, and other people in that coaching setup have added considerably to that, and uh, they're better coached. Uh, and they've, they've, they've just got a nice feel about them, really. I, I think yeah, they go just well. A little, bit, a little bit of generational change yeah. at the right time there, you know. Yeah. So it's also about getting that, that run right, you know. Yeah. You, you'll see the teams that have started to get the tournament right. It is a long tournament. They've got to come in at the right sort of pace and work their way through it. And I think, you know, that's yet to be seen. We'll see in the next couple of weeks how they're, they're panning out, some of these teams. Yeah, but, um, you know, very impressive island. And, uh, look, uh, if, if Australia doesn't win and Japan doesn't win, I want to see Ireland win. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. So at least I'll get something. Well, boys, <laughs> Japan's got to at least get through to the uh, the quarterfinals. So uh, Eddie can retire and uh, sit back and uh, bag people like he <laughs> like he did like he said in the press conference about uh, Sir Clive, Sir Clive, Sir Clive Woodward. Woodward. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, I love how they focus their direction immediately after the game to Scotland. So they meant business. They're not just here to win one game, uh, but it's great, great for the country back home. But really good to see Ireland performing well. Um, in, in terms of um, moving forward now, the Wallabies against Fiji. G. Let's have a little bit of chat about that, and then we can get on to the NRC. It's actually happening. You don't read it in the paper, but uh, Cash Cow, you can tell us it's on. He's the man behind the North Harbour Rays publicity, and I know that the great Pops 
at the, <laughs> at the Manly man, Daily. He's a good man. Yeah. He's doing a great job there for you. But uh, a straight out, Ben, against uh, Fiji, the team announced today. What did you think? Well, I thought it was a good, strong team. The strongest team we can put on the park. I think uh, the, you know, the only questions there for me are, are still on the 5'8 role. Mm-hmm. I love to see Genia back at nine. I think he's our best choice, choice when he's fully fit, when he starts to fire. Um, we need him to fire. Um, uh, you know, Giddo, Kurandrani. Interesting to see Rob Horn on the wing. You know, that was, that's probably a really, um, not a safe call, but a smart call. A very reliable, very you know, strong uh, winger, mm-hmm. safe under the high ball, etc. Uh, but really, I think Foley's going to be the interesting one for me. That's probably the most, not the most contentious, but the most difficult selection that I would have seen uh, for Checker in terms of the way he wants to play the game. And I don't know if Foley's our best fly half, but I think he's probably our most certain person in that role. Yeah, good point. Is, is, is our best fly half uh, sitting there with number 22 on his back, Matt Tamua? I, I, look, I think Tamua... If he'd have been, had a bit more time in the centre for the Wallabies this year, he had those concussion issues, a couple of other things going on, I think he might have played himself more into contention. Whether we've seen enough of him to put in there, I don't know, but I, I, I tend to agree. If I was going to just pick my own, you know, hoping they were both fully fit and would fire, it would be Tamura, I think, would be a better option. Uh, well, what about... I, I would prefer Foley at 10. I'm actually a bit annoyed about this constant second-guessing of Foley, and I think it started to get to him a bit. Um, people say they don't read the press, but I, I, I just get the feeling that something's getting to him when the, the, the constant criticism. And I, I just actually think, you know, everyone thought it was fine when he was killing it for the Waratahs and when the Wallabies are doing well. Uh, and he has kicked well when, when needed for the Wallabies, uh, for the Waratahs in particular, and just go back to the Super Rugby final. I, I think he, I actually think he should be 10. Phipps should be nine with him. And I would put Tamu at 12. Tamu at 12, yeah. yeah. Good, good straight runner. Yeah, well, it's, it's pretty interesting, I think. Um, I think obviously Fiji may well jiggle around their back line as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a lot of Nemanja and Adolo running down that 12 channel at, uh, at Gitz and just uh, well, just. What about Volleyball's game the other night? Oh, he was he, he was okay. A lot of lot of flat foot stuff. Uh, he was bit, which, he was which, a bit flat, wasn't he? He was yeah. very static. So uh, you know that's uh, he hasn't played that much footy. He's come yeah. off the bench a fair bit, but. Uh, he, he's he's gone all right, you know. Good kicking game and all, all, all those sorts of things. But uh, you know, Nadolo is is the big star of that uh, of, of that uh, Fiji team. So, and you know, what do you do with your best play? You give him the ball, don't you? Yeah, I, I just want to. I'll go, go back at you on Foley there, Jiro. Yeah. I just I I I think he's just not a world class player. You know, he's a good solid five eight, and he gives you a good solid option there. He can play at international level, yeah. But when you come to these sorts of World Cups, how many times do you win without a without a, a genuinely classy 5-8 pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. As I said, I think he's the most certain decision in that he's the, he's the most known package in terms of reliability. But is he going to give us the spark? I don't know. We played we, we, we the, the depth and you know bringing us up a bit flatter. That wasn't really happening in that first All Blacks game. Um, I don't think Quade Cooper is the answer either. He's, yeah, he's I, I Carl Spencer, but I think it's a problem that he's not a strong enough option there. Yeah, I just think the way they've handled him has had something to do with it. And I think you need to get. Sometimes you just have to. Like Eddie Jones did, do something magic to get the best out of your players to play above their weight. And I think this guy's been playing above his weight all his life. He's a small fella, uh, and uh, and and I think that uh, he's he's got the ability to, to to lead Australia. But we'll see how he goes this week. But I just uh, I don't think they backed him as much as they should. You know, give him the confidence because he has done his state and and. Um, 
can you say state? Because it's like a franchise, isn't it? Waratahs. <laughs> Uh, and country proud. So that's the World Cup wrap. We've got about two and a half minutes. Mark Cashman, I promised you this. No one else is talking about the NRC, so you may as well do it. Where's all the coverage? Well, that's <laughs> that's a good question, Bronk. You know, listen, there's 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 quite a deal of television coverage, and I think uh, the Monday night show and the NRC Extra Time is uh, is is a good little package. That's good, mate. But uh, you got, know, it's uh, pay they, TV, but we need to see. They've it got Thursday, that. Thursday night a, a, a direct game. A lot of the other games are streamed. Uh, we're lucky in North Harbour Rays territory where uh, we've got the uh, the support, as you mentioned, of the Manly Daily through uh, through Johnny Geddes. The Bible. The Bible. The Beaches. And uh, you know, <laughs> as, as as long as I come up with the uh, with the storylines and they uh, they fit in with the geographical boundaries of the Manly Daily, everything's uh, everything's fine. But uh, listen, it, has it, it, it it would be good if there was a bit more coverage in the Metro papers. That's uh, that's probably a, a symptom of uh, the staffing levels at uh, some of the uh, the telegraphs and the uh, the Sydney Morning Herald. The glory days are gone, Casho. The glory they? days are gone. The glory exciting, days mate. are gone. There's other stuff to put in. But there, in, in, in finance. Ter- <laughs> there's just not enough room on the internet for these. Yeah, yeah, there's no room. <laughs> but in in, ter- in terms of the rugby, there's been some cracking rugby actually. Played some very good tries. Uh, you know the the North Harbour race. You know we're a, we're a collection of four club sides, and uh, we're virtually coming up against uh, Super Rugby uh, uh, de facto sides. And uh, you know we 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 we're in there. We're in there. Put it that way. All right. Who have you got this week? Uh, the Canberra Vikings, Pitwater Rugby Park, three o'clock. Juniors Day down there. So uh, get Juniors down Day. There. If, if Where's you... Ladies Day? We've had that. Oh, can you have it again, please? I missed <laughs> no, that. One. Right. I've got weekends off now. Yeah. No, no. Uh, if 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 any of the kiddies wear their uh, their their club socks or their club t-shirt, they'll get a free race right. t-shirt. So uh, okay. get into it. We've got thirty seconds. Cash, thanks for coming in, mate. It's great to see you. It's been Good a while. To see you. It's been great. Yeah. <laughs> there he is, Cash Cow Enterprises. Ben Kimber, great to see you, mate. You too, and mate. Uh, we look forward to um, going toe to toe throughout the uh, the rest of the World Cup. Absolutely. There he is, uh, Ben Kimber and uh, Mark Cashman. Well, it's been a pleasure to be back on the interwebs talking to you about uh, the Rugby World Cup and the NRC. We'll talk about it more and we look forward to the Wallabies in Fiji on Thursday morning. You've been listening or watching Rugger Matrix International this week with Juro Sen, Mark Cashman and Ben Kimber.